0: Las Vegas. It's more than just a city. It's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is Jeff Does Vegas. Welcome to episode number 156 of Jeff Does Vegas. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Vinny Fiorello, one of the co founders of the newly opened Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas. Vinny and I chatted all about the brand new museum, including the inspiration behind the founding of the museum, some of the notable names involved, and the incredibly unique experiences being offered by the Punk Rock Museum. If you haven't listened as of yet, jump into the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or search out episode number 155, Viva Lost Punk, the Punk Rock Museum, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. So you may have noticed the title of this episode, not the May Trip Report, and there's a reason that it's called that. Quite simply, there isn't all that much to report from my most recent trip. As you may be aware, particularly if you listen to the Summer Update episode or you follow me on social media, I had a trip booked to head down to Vegas from May 29th through to June 1st, 2023. I had all these great plans in mind of things that I wanted to do. I was going to hit up a couple of museums, maybe see a show, do some shopping, shoot some video for the YouTube channel, visit with some friends, and check out the progress being made on the F1 construction, maybe even walk part of the track route. But as the saying goes, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And that's what happened on this trip. As it turned out, I ended up leaving a day and a half early, I was supposed to be in Vegas from early Monday afternoon through to late Thursday morning, and I flew home early Wednesday morning on one of the first flights out, and I'll explain why in this episode. Now, that's not to say that I have nothing to report. I did have a great experience with my hotel, which I'll share with you, and I managed to get out to Summerlin to take in a minor league ball game and had an absolute blast doing that. I've also got a few other thoughts that I want to share about what's happening in Vegas right now, and in particular, along the Vegas Strip. So without any further ado, let's get to it. All right, so let's start off with my hotel experience for this trip. This time around, I chose the horseshoe, formerly known as Bally's. Now, if you're not 100% aware, maybe it's been a while since you've been to Vegas, Caesars announced that they were going to be capitalizing on a little bit of Vegas history and rebranding Bally's as the Horseshoe. They announced this back in early 2022. Well, that rebrand is pretty much now complete on the interior of the hotel. They've got new carpeting throughout, new paint scheme, new signage. It looks outstanding. Outside the hotel, still a little bit of work to be done. The paint scheme is more or less finished on the hotel itself, but they are still doing a Little bit of construction in the front area in the bazaar shops, but nothing that's really going to wreck your day. They've also put in a brand new poker room in the hotel. It looks outstanding. Of course, Horseshoe is known as the host hotel for the World Series of Poker, and they've also opened a few new restaurants on the property as well. Now. Bally's, or the Horseshoe, has been my go-to hotel in Las Vegas for a very long time. This is for a couple of reasons. First of all, the location. It is in a prime location. The Horseshoe is pretty much dead center of the Strip, directly north of the Paris, just south of the Cromwell and the Flamingo, Right across Las Vegas Boulevard is the Bellagio and it's Kitty Corner to Caesar's Palace. Again, an absolutely perfect location. You are right in the middle of the action when you're staying at the Horseshoe. You can walk right out the front of the building, hang a left, hang a right. You've got access to all the restaurants, all the shopping, all the casinos along the strip. It's it's an absolutely outstanding spot to stay. Now, you can also get some pretty great rates staying at the Horseshoe. I managed to score incredible rates for this trip. I only paid, get this, $10 a night for my room. And as a Diamond Tier member with Caesars, I don't pay resort fees. So this was a legit $10 a night. When I saw that rate, I had to book it. I couldn't not book it and book a trip this time around. $10 a night is is a great time to go. So again, the horseshoe always among my top recommendation uh, for hotels in Las Vegas, particularly for first time visitors. Again, simply because of that location, you are right in the thick of the action. It's a perfect place to stay if you're headed down to Las Vegas. Now, a few little fun and not so fun facts about the horseshoe. Uh, The horseshoe originally opened in December 1973 as the MGM Grand. At the time, it was one of the largest hotels in the world and featured the largest casino in the world. The grand opening event was a, a huge star-studded event. It was hosted by Dean Martin, Cary Grant was in attendance, Barbara Eden, so was Gregory Peck, an absolutely huge event. Now, another huge event that happened at this hotel, not so fun, not so happy, November 1980, the MGM Grand was the site of the third worst hotel fire in modern U.S. history and what remains as the worst disaster in the history of the state of Nevada. 85 people were killed. Hundreds of others were injured. When a small fire broke out in a closed restaurant on the main level of the hotel, that fire eventually engulfed the casino and then sent thick black toxic smoke up into the hotel tower. Now, with all of these deaths, the horseshoe, is considered to be one of the most haunted spots in Vegas, with several people each year reporting paranormal experiences, including ghost sightings on various floors of the hotel and smelling smoke in their room in different areas around the hotel. If you want to learn more about the fire at the MGM Grand, uh, check out my Sin City Story series. I actually put together a whole episode about the fire that goes very, very in-depth into the history of the hotel, the fire, the investigation, the results of that investigation. It's a pretty interesting episode, and I'm not just saying that because I'm the one that put it together. Uh, That episode is called Inferno at the MGM Grand. You can find it in the episode archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or you can also visit sincitystoriespod.com. Now, my experience at the Horseshoe, uh, no paranormal experiences for me. Everything was actually pretty awesome. I had a great experience when I was checking in at the hotel. I asked for an early check-in because I had worked all night and then gotten on a plane and flown straight to Vegas, went straight to the hotel. I was there by like noonish. ish um, I wasn't expecting the early check-in managed to get it, which I was super, super impressed with. They also didn't charge me for an early check-in, which again made me very, very happy, but I did tip the agent for that early check-in. My room itself, I had a King Resort room. They put me on the 25th floor of the resort tower, which is the second from the top, the 26th floor, which is where the ballrooms are. I was on the 25th floor. It, It was outstanding. I had a North facing room. I had a great view of the high roller. I could see the new sphere i could see the fountain blue i could see the venetian the wind um the encore i i was looking at the flamingo at the pool area there it, it was an absolutely incredible view and, and a great room huge floor-to-ceiling windows in this room i could see tons it was great now positives on the room Again, this room was huge. It was probably one of the biggest rooms I've ever stayed in at at the Horseshoe or Bally's. The room was in excellent shape, keeping in mind that the rooms in the resort tower, they were recently renovated. I want to say within the last five years or so, Caesars Properties, uh, Caesars uh, Caesar's Resorts, I should say, uh, went ahead and put a lot of money into renovating the rooms at Bally's just before things uh, kicked into uh, COVID gear. So they spent a lot of money on the tower and put a lot of money into renovating these rooms. So again, the room was in excellent shape. The furniture was in great shape. There were no weird stains on the carpet. The wallpaper wasn't peeling. Again, really, really great condition in the room. Huge, comfortable king bed, which was nice. It's always nice to have a comfortable bed in whatever room you're staying in. That was great. There is a fridge in the room. This is also one of my favorite things about staying at Caesars Properties. Every Caesars property that I've stayed at has had a fridge in the room. The MGM properties do not have fridges in the rooms. And when they do have fridges in the rooms, those fridges are usually being used as a mini bar. So you can't use them to store your own drinks and snacks. So again, I like having that fridge in the room with the Caesars Properties. Huge bathroom as well. The bathroom in the room was, was massive. The shower was great. I don't know about you. I love a good shower. I, I don't know what it is. It just, it invigorates me. It wakes me up. It makes me feel good. If I've spent all day outside and I'm sweaty and gritty and gross, it's nice to be able to have a, a, a nice shower. The shower in my room at the horseshoe was great. It, it was fantastic. Now the negatives to the room and the negatives to the property My room did face out onto Flamingo Road, uh, which is on the north side of the horseshoe property lots of noise from Flamingo Road. This is a very, very busy thoroughfare. So I was hearing sirens, I was hearing vehicles revving, I was hearing horns honking, things like that. So for me personally, I sleep with um, my AirPods in and they're noise canceling. So it does cut down on a lot of that noise, but if you're not a person that sleeps with uh, earbuds or earplugs or anything like that, you may be a little bit bothered by that noise. The shower door. Now, as great as the shower was, the shower door leaked. Okay. And I got to be honest with you, I don't think I've, I think maybe once I've stayed in one hotel, and that might have been my last stay back in March at Luxor, um, where the shower door didn't leak. I've only had that once. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. It's the positioning of the shower door with the shower and the shower head. The water bounces off me. It hits the door. It runs down. And if you look, if you have a shower in your own home and you look at the shower door, there's probably like a little ledge that runs along the bottom of the door. And that's to filter the water away from the bottom of the door. Shower doors in Las Vegas hotels in the bathrooms, for some reason, do not have that little ledge. So as such, you get the water runs down, it runs through the seal out onto the bathroom floor, not a huge deal. And something that's easily fixed by just putting the bath mat right up against the bottom of the shower, as opposed to having it out a little bit again, minor inconvenience, but it was something that I did notice. The other thing still that Caesars still bothers me with is they only allow you to have two devices for free on their Wi-Fi network. If you want to have more than two devices, say you've got a laptop, you've got a smartphone, and your traveling partner has a smartphone, they want you to pay for one of those devices being on the Wi-Fi network. It really is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Um, So, But I guess that's the trade-off. MGM property, unlimited devices, but no fridge. Caesars property, you get a fridge, but you only get two devices on the Wi-Fi. Anyways. Otherwise, overall property rating... I'd give the Horseshoe a solid four out of five, really. They've got great amenities on site. They've got a, a fantastic pool area. They've got lots of shopping in the uh, the lower level. They've got a, a food court with lots of options there. They've got some great restaurants on site. They've got an arcade for the kids. The casino is huge with lots and lots of games. Very cool lobby bar at the horseshoe. I have spent a lot of time in that lobby bar. There's some great people watching there, some great uh, drinks to be had, and you're right in the thick of the action as well. And again, the location for the horseshoe, you really can't get much better. Uh, I think really the only way you could get better for that value of a property is maybe staying at the Flamingo. They're probably about even keel on uh, on value and property value and rates. So again, really between the horseshoe or the Flamingo, either of those two properties, those are about the best. So I would personally, I would highly, highly recommend the horseshoe for you if you're planning a Vegas trip. Now let's talk about some of the great attractions and experiences that I had the opportunity to take in on this trip. I'm always on the lookout for something different to do in Las Vegas and checking out a baseball game has been something that I've wanted to do for a while, but the schedule has just never worked for me this time around. It did. The Las Vegas Aviators are the AAA minor league affiliate for Major League Baseball's Oakland A's, who, if you pay attention to Vegas news, you know, are potentially going to be relocating to Las Vegas within the next few years. Now, this was my first experience at Las Vegas Ballpark, and I got to tell you, it was incredible. Las Vegas ballpark is right next to downtown Summerlin, which in and of itself is a fantastic shopping and dining experience. If you haven't been out there, very much recommend you go check it out. It's also right next door to Red Rock Casino and Resort, which is an amazing property to go and and visit as well. It's about a 30 minute lift ride from the strip. So it is a bit of a trek. It is a bit of a grind. If you're heading out there, it's not an easy trip per se, but definitely worth the 30 minute ride. Las Vegas ballpark was built back in 2019. The stadium holds about 10,000 people features several luxury suites and a party deck as well as a kid zone with a splash park. And believe it or not, they actually have a swimming pool located in center field, which you can go and partake in. You can go and watch the game from the swimming pool. They've also got a ton of bars and food options as well. Now, even though I'm Canadian, And I'm legally obligated to like hockey. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I do enjoy a nice day out at the ballpark. And and I can honestly say this was a great experience. The stadium in and of itself is awesome. There's lots to see and do. Uh, The in-game experience is extremely entertaining. Of course, it's Las Vegas. It's going to be entertaining. For me, the highlight of the baseball game, they have a dog that actually retrieves the bats from from home plate the players go out they do their thing it's just for the home team obviously for the aviators but the players go out they do their thing they hit they walk whatever um when they drop their bat there's a dude that sends a dog out the dog goes out picks up the bat and runs back to the dugout the dog got the biggest cheers of the night. It, it, was, it was absolutely outstanding. Also, the on-site food is some of the best that I've ever seen at a sporting venue. I've been to a lot of different hockey games. I've been to football games. I've been to baseball games. Um, but I can honestly say this is some of the best in-game food that I've ever seen served anywhere. And the value wasn't too bad either. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, if you want food served in a mini baseball helmet, you, my friend are in luck. Uh, I saw pretty much everything being served in a mini baseball helmet. I saw ice cream sundaes. I saw French fries with, with gravy. I saw nachos again, all of it being served in mini baseball helmets. So you want food in a mini baseball helmet. It's your lucky day. If you head out to Las Vegas ballpark. Um, I went out there hungry, planned to have a bite to eat. I tried what they call the grand slam Sammy, which uh, is hand carved prime rib, and yes, there was a dude there actually carving the prime rib, which was fantastic. Comes with uh, caramelized onions, red peppers, horseradish sauce, roasted garlic, dijonaise. They put it all on a toasted New England style roll. Honestly, one of the best things I've ever put in my face hole at a sporting event. It, it was it was absolutely fantastic. It was delicious and. 18 bucks, which I got to tell you is not terrible value for what it was. It it was really, really good. It was good stadium food. Um, Tickets for the event were really, really affordable as well, which uh, is great. I mean, it's minor league baseball, right? So again, you're seeing these guys, it's players on their way up or players on their way down. So they are pro ball players. Tickets started around $18 and that gets you in the gate to go sit on what they call uh, the berm, which is the grassy area at the, uh, in the outfield. And you can take a towel out there or take a blanket, hang out. There were people out there with dogs, just kind of laying around on the grass, taking in the ball game. It's a, a chance for you to maybe catch a baseball back there. If somebody cranks a home run out into the outfield, it, it was, it looked like it was a lot of fun. Those tickets started around 18 bucks and they go up to around $60 for great grandstand seats, which are are seats that you've got closer down to the field right behind the home plate. I paid like $40 for my ticket. I was kind of along the first baseline. I was maybe about 15 rows up off the dugout. It it was, it was great. It was such an amazing experience. If you're taking the family out and you're looking for something different to do, you want to get away from the craziness of the strip. You want to go take in an event would highly, highly recommend an aviators game. If you're headed out to Vegas anytime soon, if you want info, you want to get tickets, uh, you can Visit the website vlvballpark.com and you can get all the information that you need there. I also had a chance to check out the Bellagio conservatory at the Bellagio. This is one of my all time favorite free attractions to check out whenever I'm in Las Vegas. My wife loves coming with me as well and checking out the conservatory, the Bellagio as well. If you're not familiar with this, it's a huge open area just past the main registration area at the Bellagio and they switch it out a few times a year, uh, doing these massive displays of flowers and plants. They do it uh, for fall, they do it for winter, they do it for the Lunar New Year, they do it for spring and they do it for summer. 14,000 square feet. This area is absolutely huge. I got to check out the new summer display, which had just opened up on this trip. Uh, The theme is majesty, the grandeur of nature. Um, They've got some absolutely incredible display set up. They've got a huge mother nature holding a butterfly. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, They've also got a big pair of 28-foot tall hands, which looks incredible to see. Lots of great water features and waterfalls, tons of other stuff to see. Now, be warned, it is very, very busy Inside the conservatory. And if I'm being honest with you, it seems like it's getting busier every time I visit Vegas. Hard to get good photos, hard to get good video. If you want to avoid the crowds and you want to get good photos or video, my recommendation is to go either very early in the morning or very late at night. The conservatory is open 24 hours a day, so you can go through pretty much any time. So as I say, if you're wanting to avoid those crowds, you're wanting to not deal with the people. First thing in the morning, if you can get yourself out of bed or very late at night, maybe you're headed back to your hotel from somewhere, you want to cut through the Bellagio, go through the conservatory. Go check it out. It, it really is breathtaking, and it really is outstanding to see. Um, the current summer display, that runs through until September the 9th, so you do have lots of time to go and see that. The fall display starts on September 16th. Uh, if you want more info on the conservatory, you can just visit the Bellagio's website at Bellagio, uh, sorry, at, at bellagio.mgmresorts.com. I also went and checked out the Stranger Things store at the Showcase Mall on the Strip. If you're a fan of the show, Stranger Things, which of course is running on Netflix, it's it's hugely successful. Um, if you're a fan of the show, this is a really, really cool experience for you to go and see. Uh, they've got lots of great Stranger Things merchandise, including clothing and some unique collectibles that you can only get at the Las Vegas store. They've also packed it with some really cool photos, memorabilia, and props from the show. They've got recreations of Stranger Things locations, including the buyer's living room, the Starcourt Mall, and the Palace Arcade, plus some great photo ops as well. You can get your picture taken riding the kids' bikes, get your photo taken with a Demogorg, or with Vecna. Now, this is a totally free experience. Uh, It is a store, but again, a completely free experience that you can go and check out. It's open from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Sunday. If you want to get more details on the Stranger Things store and the Stranger Things experience, Uh, You can visit the website, strangerthings-store.com. So I mentioned off the top of this episode that I decided to cut my trip short. And maybe you're wondering why. Well, I want to take a few minutes to explain the decision. First of all, I wasn't really feeling all that well. Um, Things started off fine on the trip. I started off feeling really good. albeit a little bit tired. I'd worked a night shift, uh, the night before I worked a 12 hour night shift. So I was at work until 5. AM on Monday morning, went straight to the airport from work, uh, got on a flight for eight o'clock in the morning. Um, only managed to get like maybe an hour sleep on the flight. It's about a two and a half hour flight down to Vegas from Calgary. And I intended to sleep that entire flight. I didn't, I, 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 Generally, I don't sleep really, really well on airplanes, so I don't know why I thought this would be any different. But again, I only managed to get maybe about an hour's sleep on my flight. Um, Got myself checked into the hotel, did manage to have a little bit of a nap there, maybe hour, hour and a half, but still not nearly enough sleep for having been up for 16 hours previous to that. Uh, I went out for dinner with a friend of mine who happened to be in Vegas at the same time as I was, uh, we went out for dinner to Virgil's Barbecue uh, along the Link Promenade, which is a great spot. I I really like going to Virgil's. We had a great meal. We had a really good visit, getting caught up. We were done eating around 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock. And because I'd had such little sleep um, in the previous 24 hours, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call it an early night I'm just going to head back to my hotel and, and go to bed early and get lots of sleep and be well rested for the next day. So I headed back to the horseshoe, stopped in the casino on my way up to the room, as you do, because that's, that's what you do when you're in Las Vegas on your way to your room. You stop in the casino, uh, played slots for like maybe 20 minutes, managed to win a couple hundred bucks, which was nice. Always good to go home with more money than you went down with. Up to my room, I was asleep by like 9 30. Exciting, right? Slept really, really well until about 2 or 2.30 in the morning. I woke up with the worst case of acid reflux and indigestion that that I think I've I've had in a very long time, possibly ever. It was awful. I was super, super uncomfortable. Um, This lasted for close to two hours. I ate like six tums. It was doing absolutely nothing for me so i laid in bed i couldn't get comfortable i tossed and turned no matter what side i slept on it was it was it was horrible it was an absolutely awful experience now i had Fully intended on getting up early Tuesday morning. I was going to go to Ellis Island for breakfast, have my, my usual, my, my vanilla cinnamon toast and my side of bacon and my coffee. I I love Ellis Island for breakfast. Then from there, I was going to go and do a little bit of shopping, hit the outlet mall. uh, Then go check out the punk rock museum, because of course I just had uh, Vinnie Fiorello from the punk rock museum on the podcast. I wanted to go and, and check the place out for myself. I thought it would be really, really cool to do so. I accomplished none of that Um, because I woke up in the middle of the night and got next to no sleep. I ended up sleeping through until almost 11 o'clock in the morning. So by the time I got myself up and moving and mobile, it was like noon way too late to even consider um, going for breakfast at Ellis Island. That wasn't going to happen. The punk rock museum was pretty much out of the question, the shopping I hated, I hate to say that I prioritized my shopping, but I did need to go and buy some shoes. That was my big plan of going to the outlet mall was I needed new sandals and I needed new runners. That was my big, exciting shopping trip. So I managed to do that. I should mention too, I woke up with just an absolutely splitting migraine headache. Like it was, it was awful. It it was again, one of the worst headaches that I think I've, I've ever had it was brutal i had no appetite which anybody that knows me i love to eat and if you're a frequent listener of the the podcast you know that my favorite part is sharing food and sharing restaurants with you guys i had absolutely zero appetite and no desire to go and get anything to eat so i managed to to get myself up i grabbed a shower i got dressed i made my way downstairs I, i grabbed a lift up to the um up to the North outlet mall so that I could go and do some shopping. And then once I was done getting what I needed to get, I grabbed another rideshare and headed back to my hotel. That was the end of that. Um, secondly, I, I decided to cut the trip short because quite frankly, I, I just wasn't enjoying myself at all. And there were a few things that contributed to that. Now I'll start off with something that's going to sound really, really weird. Um, but something that was contributing to my lack of enjoyment was the people. Now I arrived on the Monday of the Memorial day long weekend, and it was way busier than I expected it to be based on the crowds that I saw at the airport. When I landed on Monday um, I kind of expected the rest of the city to be a little bit quieter. The airport was crazy because of course it's the, the Monday of a, a holiday long weekend. Everybody is leaving town. So I kind of expected things to be a little bit less crazy along the strip. And, um, it was not, it was still super, super busy on the strip way busier than I expected it to be. But it wasn't just the number of people that put me off. It was the actual people themselves. Now, I don't want to come across as uh, snooty or snobby or trying to sound like I'm better than anybody else because I'm not, but the people that I encountered a large majority of the people that I encountered along the Vegas strip on this trip were just terrible. And, and I'm probably going to piss off some people when I say this, but they were, I'm just stating facts. They were just they were horrible, horrible people. They were rude. They were ignorant. Their public behavior was disgusting. Um, they were disrespectful to everybody, not just other visitors, but disrespectful to staff at restaurants and hotels and bars, which in turn, And I suspect that this was the the root cause of this. I experienced some shockingly bad customer service on this trip. And when I say shockingly bad, I mean, I felt like I was an inconvenience to everybody that I, that I encountered anybody I encountered in a store or a restaurant or a bar, they just came across as annoyed. And I suspect looking back on it now, their, their reason for this was simply that they had encountered so many assholes over the last three days that they had reached uh, maximum asshole capacity, so to speak. And so they were just snapping at anybody that they encountered. Of course, they still expected you to tip them it, despite the shockingly poor customer service. But anyways, I digress. It, it was it was bad. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this on any trip to Vegas. And I mean, I've been to Vegas Probably forty times, thirty of those trips have happened since two thousand and fifteen. I've never encountered anything like this again. it was just it was shockingly bad i I was beyond disgusted with the with the way this trip went on that side of things. also families, people with kids listen. I'm not going to go off on a rant here about this uh, i I personally. I have nothing against people who are bringing kids to Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of, of trying to put together uh, a few years ago, I did a unpopular Vegas opinions episode. So I'm in the process of trying to put together an updated unpopular Vegas opinions episode. And one of my own personal unpopular Vegas opinions is that Vegas can be a good family vacation destination. It's, you're not going to change it. No matter how upset you get about the fact that parents and, and families are coming to Las Vegas, you're not going to change this. It's happening. Okay. Deal with it. Um, and, and it's happening, I suspect, for a number of reasons, as I've talked about previously on the podcast. I mean, you've got uh, things are expensive trips, traditional family vacations like Disney and and things like that are are very, very expensive. By comparison, Vegas is very affordable. So again, I have... No problem with families that want to bring their kids to Las Vegas. Here's what I have a problem with though. Keep your kids under control. I saw things that I have never seen previously on, on Vegas trips when it came to families um, and kids. This again, shocking is the only way that I can really describe it. You've got to keep your kids under control and keep them in the right places. Casinos, are not playgrounds and slot machines are not jungle gyms or monkey bars. I was, I shit you not. I was sitting at a slot machine and I looked over at another bank of slots and there was like three kids climbing on them. Like it was a goddamn play structure. And mom was just standing there on her phone, texting, social media, Instagramming, whatever the hell she was doing, not paying any attention to these kids. And again, climbing all over the slot machines, slamming the buttons, climbing the chairs. It was brutal. Again, just keep a little bit of control on your kids' behavior. Just teach them good behavior and and as parents, maybe do your best to to try to to follow some good examples. That's that's all I can say. I would also recommend not letting your kids run wild on the strip. This this was Possibly again, one of the worst things that i've i've the worst I've ever seen it on any trip previously. It was families. It was usually a mom and a dad, sometimes a grandma or a grandpa with them, or both grandparents with them, pushing one kid in a stroller and then a couple of other kids who are maybe like five or six, just running wild along the strip and running wild everywhere. This is how people go missing. This is how how kids get kidnapped. This is how people get hurt. I, I had kids slamming into me left, right, and center. It, it was ridiculous. Again, I've, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, getting around town was also becoming really, really, really frustrating. Um, it was a nightmare if I'm being completely honest with you. The F1 track preparation, they're doing a bunch of preparation on the roads in in getting ready for the Formula One race coming up in November. They're behind schedule, okay? As, As everybody predicted they would be, they are behind schedule. They were supposed to be done by like the middle of May for the main part along the Vegas Strip. They are not done. And, and it is causing frustration for a lot of people. Um, while I was there, they actually closed southbound Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Boulevard from just out front of the Mirage. And it was shut down through to the Cosmopolitan. Southbound lanes were closed, which means they were detouring and rerouting everybody over into the northbound lanes. So you had northbound and southbound traffic sharing the northbound lanes of Las Vegas Boulevard. It was an insane nightmare. The backups were ridiculous. If you were trying to access Las Vegas Boulevard from any of the the roads feeding onto Las Vegas Boulevard or any of the casino parking lot exits, It was taking forever. It was going so slowly that, and I'm not sure why my, my rideshare driver decided to take this route, but, but he did. And I thought, you know what? He, maybe he knows better. I don't know. Um, coming back from the, uh, North premium outlet mall, somehow we ended up at the backside of Caesar's palace rather than him taking the freeway through to the exit for Flamingo Road and getting off at of Flamingo and going up beside the horseshoe and coming in from that way we ended up on the back side of Caesar's Palace and he decided he was going to cut through the front of Caesar's Palace somehow well accessing Las Vegas Boulevard from Caesar's Palace was an absolute shit show we sat in the parking lot at Caesar's Palace for probably maybe 10 minutes before I finally just said, "You know what? Can you just let me off here?" cuz it's it's going to be easier. I don't feel like sitting in this car for another 25 minutes to get from Caesar's Palace to the Horseshoe. Um and he got kind of snippy with me over it and said, "Well, it's your waste of time if you want to waste your time walking." In all honesty, I looked at what the arrival time was going to be on the app and my walk from Caesar's palace over to horseshoe actually went faster than sitting in the car waiting to get over to the horseshoe. I did tip him well for letting me off and I did give him five stars because other than that, um, it was a good ride, but I just, I don't know if, like I say, he seemed to think, he know, better. Or maybe that was the route that he usually took, but yeah, we ended up in that absolute shit show. Now those closures were still in place. When I left on Wednesday morning, they still had Southbound Las Vegas Boulevard closed down in those areas. There's also lots of other F1 related uh, traffic issues and closures on the surrounding streets. Um, Harmon Avenue, Eastbound, that's the street on the South side of Planet Hollywood and the Miracle Mile, right kind of beside the, the Cosmopolitan or across the street from the Cosmopolitan. That's shut down for uh, for F1 construction. So they've got traffic sharing lanes there, as well, Coval Lane, which runs uh, north and south in front of Ellis Island. Uh, there's areas of that closed down as well because that's going to be a, a big straightaway for the F1 track. So again, lots of traffic nightmares. Getting around the city, a ride share or anything like that. Again, just absolute insanity. So as I was walking around on Tuesday afternoon, after I made my way back to uh, my hotel, um, after getting dropped off at Caesar's palace, because that was going to be easier and faster than trying to get dropped off at my actual hotel, I'm walking around and I just found myself getting more and more and more annoyed with everything to do with Las Vegas. Um, which is really sad because as anybody who listens to the podcast knows, I love Las Vegas. This is a city that I've, I've grown to love over the years. It's, it's, a a a, a fantastic place. It's a place that I've been visiting for a very long time. I've got friends there, people that I consider basically to be family. I, I see them more often than I see my actual family. Um, I, I love the city. So to be there and and be getting pissed off and angry at it was really, really hard to be dealing with. So I decided I had a choice. I could either be miserable in Las Vegas and just continue to get angrier and angrier and angrier to the point where I was probably going to snap and lose my mind. Or I could cut my losses, go home, and be miserable at home. I chose the latter of the two. I grabbed a flight out first thing on Wednesday morning. I was home and in my house cuddling with my dog by like 1230 on Wednesday afternoon. Definitely feel like that was the right decision for me to make for my sanity, for my mental health, and to ensure that I might actually want to go back to Vegas at a later date. Despite this being a shortened trip, I do still have some thoughts about a few things happening in Las Vegas right now, including a few heads ups that I want to share with you. Uh, First of all, the strip was dirty, like gross and dirty. There was litter everywhere. The garbage cans were overflowing and the sidewalks seemed stickier than usual, Honestly, I didn't even think that that was possible. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Las Vegas right now. I've never noticed it to be that bad before. Now, in the past, I have seen cleanup crews out first thing in the morning, hosing down sidewalks, emptying trash cans, picking up litter. Maybe being a long weekend, this wasn't happening or it wasn't happening with as much frequency as it needed to be. But regardless, things did seem particularly gross. The street performers and vendor situation is getting ridiculous. Now, there have always been street performers in Las Vegas. There have been street magicians. There have been dancers. There's been uh, the characters. There have been the showgirls. All of those guys, they've always been out in the strip. But the numbers have increased, and they are getting particularly pushy and aggressive. Once again, this trip... I saw a pair of showgirls berating an older couple into giving them more money as a quote unquote tip. Now, just to fill you in on this, the showgirls, the characters that you see along the the strip that you take pictures with, any of those people, they cannot charge a fee. They have to take tips, which in theory should be anything that you want to give them. Five bucks, maybe 10 bucks. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. I have heard stories of people getting shaken down for as much as a hundred dollars for a single picture. And I wouldn't be shocked if this old couple that I saw getting yelled at was getting shaken down for 20 or 40 or 50 bucks. It, it was quite honestly, it was disgusting and it was abhorrent behavior, but it's everywhere. The showgirls are getting pushy and aggressive. They will try to convince you to get a picture. That's fine politely say, no, thanks. That's usually what I do. They get lippy. They get really, really bitchy when you, you say no, thanks. And, and quite often they get downright rude. It's, it's bad. I I'm, Again, just completely disgusted with the behavior, but it, it's everywhere and it's really getting out of hand. The characters, people that are dressed up, particularly the ones that are are dressed up as kids characters, you see a lot of people dressed up as like Paw Patrol characters or Mickey Mouse characters or, or Disney or, or whatever. Um, they're getting aggressive too. something that they're starting to do is they will like step out in front of people to try to stop you from walking. And it's pretty clear that they're, they're doing this particularly to people with kids because they're trying to get the kids to want to get a picture with Mickey mouse or that Paw Patrol character or bumblebee from the transformers, which apparently must be the easiest transformers costume to make. Cause I saw like four bumblebees out on the strip, but anyways um, they're doing that of course, to try to suck people in. And then once they suck you in, that's when they're going to hit you for the $20 tip for a picture. It's, it's, Beyond insane. Street vendors are also out of control along the Vegas Strip. The area in front of the Bellagio Fountains used to be a really nice spot for a stroll. You could wander along there. They'd have the music playing from the fountains during the day. Sometimes the fountains would be going. Um, At night, particularly, again, really nice. The fountains, the lights, the music, the sound of the water, all these things. It has turned into what looks like a full-on street market in that area. It is insane. You've got caricature artists. You've got religious fanatics. You've got guys selling artwork made out of the palm leaves. And this is my new favorite, unlicensed food vendors. Now, (laughs) I know there's places around the world where you buy street meat, and that's just kind of part of the culture of being in those places. I can honestly tell you I am not I don't trust Las Vegas Street Meat, which by the way would be a great name for a band. If you're starting a band, name it Las Vegas Street Meat. Just give me a little bit of credit. Anyways, I'm not buying street meat in Las Vegas. Th- there in the past there was always those people that would stand on the pedestrian walkways or or on the the sidewalks and they'd sell bottles of water or pop or soda or whatever for like a buck and you'd see people buying bottled water from those guys all the time. And you'd think, well, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, yeah, there's a very good chance that they're just refilling plastic bottles with, with tap water, whatever. If that's the worst that can happen, that's fine. I saw a woman with an actual gas grill, like a a gas skillet grill kind of deal selling hot dogs and burgers. She was frying up hot dogs and burgers and and bacon on this grill, just randomly along the strip. Now she did move. I was really impressed with how quickly she moved that grill when she saw the cops coming and she pushed that grill. I have never seen a gas grill move faster in my life than when she saw the police coming and she made a beeline for it, pushing that gas grill. It was crazy. But anyways, uh, I saw another lady who was, who was uh, selling cut up fruit like peaches and apples and mangoes and pineapples and things like that. I'm sorry. But again, I'm not buying fruit cut up by somebody on the street. It's just anyways, it's, it's getting out of hand. All of this stuff, the shady characters, the shady showgirls, the street vendors, the street meat, all of this stuff. This is just my own opinion. But for me personally, it's making the strip look absolutely trashy. And and again, I can't speak for anybody else here. I don't know what your opinion is on this, but I know my opinion is that it is really starting to affect my enjoyment of Las Vegas. What's the solution to these issues? Well, I don't know. I mean, Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas, they have a system where you have to actually as a, a busker or a street performer, you have to apply If you've ever been walking through downtown Las Vegas and Fremont street, you may have noticed on the ground, there's a circle or there's several circles on the ground. That's the area where the street performers can be. They have to remain within those, those circles. And within that area, they actually have to apply for a license to be in that area. Then they have to get permission and approval to be there they also are scheduled for a certain amount of time. So they can't just hang out for nine hours on Fremont Street um, being topless, which is what a lot of some of those performers do. Performers, quote unquote. But it's somewhat regulated. There's some licensing involved. There's uh, some oversight involved. Maybe, just maybe, the unincorporated Town of Paris, Nevada, a uh, paradise, Nevada, I should say, which is where the Las Vegas Strip is, needs to look at doing something like this. Another heads up for everybody: uh, scammers still out in full force, and seem like it's getting worse. I saw so many people getting sucked in and scammed by the two most popular scams on the Las Vegas Strip. Scam number one: the fake Buddhist monks. They are everywhere now. They're not just in Las Vegas. I know they're in other cities as well, but that's scam. Number one, I actually encountered one of these people. I had to kind of get a little bit pushy with them because they essentially the, the, the scam is this, here's the grift. They come up to you. Sometimes they sneak up on you. Like this person did to me, they offer you prayer beads. Beads, peace, they say, peace, they say, as they hand you these beads. Then they try to put them on your wrist. Then once they have it on your wrist, they demand money because of course they do. If you don't give them money or you try to just hand the beads back, they get in your way. They try to cause a scene. I had somebody come up to me and try to hand me the beads. I turned and I looked and I went, no, thank you very politely, somewhat politely. Then they tried again and I went, no, thank you. Leave me alone. They tried one more time to which I looked and went, get away from me. And left it at that. I thought you're going to try and cause a scene. I cause a scene first. Maybe I'm a jerk. I don't know. Anyways, they did walk away, but I saw tons of people Getting suckered in by this scam. The other big scam, and it drives me crazy that this one is still happening fake rap artists. Okay. They're handing out CDs of their music. 99.9% chance that CD is actually blank. But what they're doing is they will stop you on the street and they'll be like, hey, man, you like music? This is my buddy Dave, he's a rapper. Here's his new CD. Take it home. Take a listen to it. Do you want Dave to autograph it for you? Sure. Dave, come over here. Come autograph this person's CD. Dave comes over, autographs the CD. Then he hands you the CD. Then they want money. Usually 20 bucks. That's what most people are, are getting taken for is 20 bucks for an autographed CD from Dave. I guarantee you, Dave is not the next big thing. Dave is not going to be the next big rapper. This is not going to work out for you. It's not going to work out for Dave. Um, If you don't pay them or if you try to just hand the CD back to them, um, they gather around you, large group of them. They try to intimidate you into giving them the money. Simple as that. Now, the most popular spots for both of these scams uh, seem to be out front of the Mirage Volcano, uh, the space in between the Link and Harrah's out front of uh, the Carnival Court Bar, Uh, The Bellagio Fountains, as I mentioned previously, that whole area has turned into a a trashy street market full of trashy people selling trashy things and um, scammers. And the park, which is the area between New York, New York and Park MGM, the area close to Las Vegas Boulevard, kind of right out in front of Shake Shack, where you would turn to walk to go towards T-Mobile Arena. I spotted there was two or three of the 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 fake rap artist guys that were hanging out out there um, trying to stop people as they walk by. And if here's the other thing, too, is if you don't stop for them, they get really rude with you. And it's it just again, it's just completely wrecking the experience. The the general rule of thumb when it comes to this situation, and this is what I tell everybody and anybody that's going to Las Vegas, particularly first timers, if somebody tries to hand you something, just keep moving. Don't take it. And I'm talking about anybody. I'm not just talking about the scammers. I'm talking about the the people in the shopping mall um, that will try to hand you samples of makeup or hand cream or or eye cream or face cream or whatever. If they try to to hand you anything, just keep moving. Just don't engage. Just keep moving. Just Pretend you don't speak English, pretend you're a, you're, you're hearing impaired, whatever, just keep moving, just ignore them, put your hands in your pockets and just keep walking. Okay. That is the best piece of advice that I can give you when it comes to, to any of this. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about that might make a little few people a little bit uncomfortable. And, and I'll be honest, I'm uncomfortable talking about it because I'm, I'm trying to figure out a a sensitive way to talk about this is the homeless situation. Um this is an incredibly sad reality in Las Vegas right now. I I got to be honest with you, I cannot recall a time when I visited Las Vegas and I saw such a large number of homeless people out and about on the Vegas strip. It, it was never uncommon before to to spot A few homeless people, um, they'd be on the pedestrian bridges. Um, maybe you'd see the odd couple, uh, sleeping uh, along the strip or in those, those shaded areas kind of under the pedestrian bridges where the elevators usually are. You'd see the odd one or two in there, um, during the day. But what I saw was absolutely shocking to me. I, I was, uh, I was quite taken aback by, by what I witnessed on this trip. Um, in the area near the pedestrian crossing, there's a bridge that goes between uh, the Venetian, where the Walgreens is at the Venetian, across by the Mirage and Treasure Island there. And the area below the, that bridge on the Mirage side, where the elevator is, uh, there was probably 10 homeless people sleeping in that area it, it was just absolutely uh heartbreaking and very surprising to see as I say I I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen um that number of homeless people uh out and around on the strip now what's the cause for this this huge increase in numbers I, I'll be honest I I really don't have uh, any idea maybe it's just the the changing weather um As things are getting warmer, you're seeing more and more homeless people coming out. I know that they've been um, tearing down homeless encampments in some of the areas. I know there used to be a lot of uh, camps on some of the vacant lots uh, off of the Strip. And in some of those areas, maybe tearing down those camps has pushed the people or brought the people towards the Strip. I'm not sure Um, what's the solution to the issue I really don't know. Um I I I I couldn't even begin to tell you. I I'm not an expert on the uh, on on the homeless. I don't know what the the situation is or or what the solution is, but it really does feel like the the city um and the state need to step up with uh with some sort of help for this incredibly vulnerable population because it's it's sad to see. And and again, if you're not used to uh, seeing this level of of homelessness or this level of poverty wherever you happen to be come from uh, coming from I should say, it, it really can be quite shocking and and even as a frequent Vegas visitor you know, someone like myself who's used to seeing homeless people along the strip, um, I was shocked. I, I was just again shocked and saddened, very very sad to see uh, this vulnerable population and vulnerable group of people um increasing in numbers in las vegas uh i should also mention if you are getting around in las vegas i touched on this a little bit earlier in this episode um there is a ton of construction in and around the strip including uh f1 track prep uh, along las vegas boulevard Um, There's big construction going on with the uh, interchange, I should say, at uh, Tropicana and the I-15 freeway. That is an absolute mess. There's lots of road closures and blockages through there. Uh, Paradise Road, as you're coming out of the airport, again, um, lots of construction in and around that area. Give yourself lots and lots of time to get around, uh, particularly if you are driving um, if you're driving, you're going to get stuck in traffic. Uh, if you're using rideshare, your rideshare driver is going to get stuck in traffic and transit. A lot of people like to use the deuce, the, the double decker bus to get, uh, up and down the strip and down to the South outlet malls or, or up to Fremont street. I gotta be honest with you. That deuce is a terrible option at the best of times right now. Absolutely horrible option. That thing takes forever to get up and down the strip. So, uh, again, just give yourself a lot of extra time. If you have to be somewhere at a specific time, if you're heading out for a dinner reservation or you're heading out for a show, something like that, give yourself an extra 30 minutes on your drive just to allow for that extra travel time. You may want to consider trying to use the monorail. I know a lot of people are not big fans of the monorail. If you're not familiar with the monorail, it runs uh, from the north end of the Strip at the Sahara all the way to the south end at the MGM Grand. There's limited stops along. It's on the east side of Las Vegas Boulevard and, again, runs behind those Strip properties. Um Honestly, might not be a bad option for getting around, particularly with all the road closures along Las Vegas Boulevard might make for a a little bit of a quicker trek Uh, as well. There are free trams. There's a a few free trams that are still in operation that kind of run up and down on the other side of the strip. Um, There's a tram that runs between Mandalay Bay and the Excalibur with a stop at the Luxor. Uh, There's a tram that runs between Park MGM and the Bellagio with a stop at uh, the Shops at Crystal. Um, There's also a tram, I believe the tram between Treasure Island and uh, the Mirage still runs. I could be mistaken on that one, but I think it still runs. It's just a very short tram though, quite honestly. It's quicker to walk that one. But between the monorail and the trams, you can probably get around Las Vegas boulevard along the strip a lot faster than if uh if you're trying to drive. Again, it's just an absolute nightmare. Construction in Las Vegas is a shit show right now there's just there's no ifs ands or buts about it so again if you are renting a car or you're planning on using rideshare or taking the bus or whatever um honestly walking or the monorail those might be your two best options normally i would have a lot more thoughts to share as well as some tips and tricks for your next vegas trip but with this having been a, a trip that i cut short myself this is really all that i've got for you and that wraps up another episode of jeff does vegas if you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast please feel free to reach out to me via facebook twitter or instagram at jeff does vegas or drop me an email directly at jeff at jeff